Hey everybody, welcome to week two of Boundless Christmas at Valley Church. I'm so glad that you were able to join us this weekend. Uh, it is a privilege to serve you this way, and I'm just glad that we get to jump in the Word together. Uh, I gotta tell you something before we get started. I, I hate driving. I, I don't like driving at all. I don't want to drive. I just want to sit in a car and watch YouTube and search the internet. That's all I want to do. I don't know if you like driving. I know that there are people who, who they really do like driving. They, they're, they're classic car collectors. People love their vehicles. And some people treat driving like it's a hobby. I'm telling you, it's not a hobby. Driving is a skill. Everybody needs to be skilled at driving. And here's what I know. Some of you are not good at it. You know how I know that? Because I have a parking lot at my office and I just see everybody who doesn't know how to park and, and uh, they probably uh, at some point can't drive. I know I've been a bad driver. I'm probably still a bad driver, but I try to uh, be more intentional. I try to drive with peace in mind. I want to be in control. I don't want to be stressed out. Uh, you know, I was uh, driving with one of my sons in Chicago. He's thinking about going to school in Chicago and as we are driving he's just talking about the city he's talking about living life outside of the home at college and he brings this comment up he says he says and you know uh, you know I have my car here in Chicago and I'll be able to go visit family and come home every once in a while and I'm like are you kidding me Driving in Chicago is so different than driving in Des Moines Iowa uh, I said, I don't know about that car, bud. And not even 10 minutes later, we got into the busy part of the city and we were in gridlock, but not gridlock stopped. We were bumper to bumper, about 55-ish miles per hour, just zooming down uh, into the city. And I'm looking at my son and he just, his eyes are glazed over. And I go, you got this? Can you handle this? And he looks at me and he says, uh, maybe I'll just bring my bike. You know what I'm thinking? A bike is a good idea for an 18-year-old in downtown Chicago. Don't get me wrong. Bumper to bumper traffic at a fast pace. I mean, it can be super stressful. But uh, I got to tell you, I try not to let it get to me. I drive with wisdom. I've got some years behind me. That doesn't mean I'm flawless. It doesn't mean there's not going to be an accident, but I don't drive with anxiety. I don't drive panicked. I drive with peace. In downtown Chicago, I can drive with peace around all of the chaos, the trucks, the horns, the sirens, the bumper to bumper, and these cars on the left side just flying by. You just got to have peace. You gotta have peace throughout all of the chaos. Maybe it's not crazy traffic stealing your peace. I mean, it could be your job. Maybe it's a, a neighbor or a family issue and you've been lacking peace because uh, of something going on in your life. Or maybe, maybe you actually have peace and, and you're in a good place. But if you don't, Today is the day that we're going to at least direct you toward gaining and maintaining as much peace as possible. Uh, but before we jump in, I just want, I mean, we got to talk about this. Uh, we're going to talk about this guy today. Uh, it's that time of year. Uh, this guy appears almost exclusively around Christmas time. You almost never hear about him outside of the month of December. Uh, he's got this, you know, just full white beard and he's pretty old, but uh, none of us really know how old he actually is. And, and joy, 
This man has so much joy. On the count of three, I want us all to just shout his name. Ready? One, two, three. Simeon, right? You said Simeon because, you know, we're in the Bible, in Luke chapter 2, and it's Christmas time. And we're going to talk about Simeon. It's this guy, maybe some of you have never even heard of Simeon. He's here for like 11 short verses. Uh, Luke chapter 2, why don't you turn with me? We're going to start in verse 25. And here, while you're flipping and clicking your way over to Luke chapter 2, verse 25, here's what we know about Simeon. Uh, he's, he's probably an old man, but we really don't know how old he is because the text doesn't say how old he is. Uh, I almost guarantee that he had a big, full white beard because if he's older, he, he, he's got, it's going to be white. And Jewish men, they just never trimmed and cut and shaved their beards. So he's got this probably big, full, distinguished, white-looking beard. And he had so much joy. Simeon was a man who had so much joy. You know why? Because Simeon discovered Jesus. He discovered Jesus. That's right here in the text. Let's look, starting in verse 25. There was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man, he was righteous and devout. He was looking forward to Israel's consolation and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he saw the Lord's Messiah. What an incredible gift. What an incredible promise. I mean, if you were guaranteed to not die until you saw a very specific baby, like right here in Des Moines, Iowa, what I know is some of you would hop on a plane and move to Hawaii. You would grab an Airbnb and you would stay there forever because if you didn't see this baby, you wouldn't die, right? But that's not what Simeon did at all. Like, like Simeon, in fact, he does quite the opposite. He is patiently waiting and looking for God's Messiah. He's looking for this Savior that's going to bring deliverance. You know, Israel's consolation that we see in here is, it just means, you know, he's waiting for God to console, to, to love, to care for, actually literally deliver Israel from all of their pain and problem. You know, he's, he's patiently waiting. He's, he's hopeful and excited for this spiritual and political deliverance that God has promised. And he's looking forward to being rescued from all the persecution and brokenness and pain and trouble. I mean, he knows this is all coming through the Messiah. Uh, the Messiah is going to reconcile and restore all things. Uh, and when you live with anticipation and hope like this, it gives your life a profound amount of joy and peace. And these are some of the things that the people of God have been longing for. Like things followers of Jesus have been waiting for. And, and he's able to experience peace in the waiting. I mean, so many of us, like we can't wait. We're impatient. And even when we are waiting, we don't have peace. And Simeon, he's, he's got this dynamic relationship with God. And because of how he's living his life, how close he is to God, he's able to experience peace. Uh, Simeon, he is a great man of God. And these two verses that we just read, they present a clear picture of, of living out the life that you and I are created to live. I mean, look at all the things in this passage. He was, he was righteous. He was devout. You know, he was looking forward. Uh, and, and the Holy Spirit was on him. You know, righteous means pursuing right things, following God faithfully. Devout means he was devoted. Simeon was a fully devoted follower of God. He has been following God. He knows God because he's been in God's word. And, 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 and his life is like a, 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 there's so much benefit because of that. 
He's patient. How do we know he's patient? Well, he's looking forward. You know, he's not complaining. He's anticipating. He's looking forward to this great thing that God is going to provide. And, and because he's looking forward, uh, as he's looking, he's patient, but forward, he's like optimistic. He's optimistically waiting and looking for Jesus. You know, I, I, don't, I don't know about you, but for me, when I was a real little kid, there was just so much excitement inside of me in anticipation for Christmas. Whenever I would see presents under the tree, like just something inside of me, butterflies, like, like, like a good anxiety. I was just so anxious, like I just can't wait. It's expectant. And I bet that's how Simeon was, that, that uh, he was looking forward to this coming Messiah. He was looking forward to God's deliverance. There was a profound amount of, of, of excitement. He was eager and he was looking for Jesus. He was looking for Jesus as he was looking forward, even though he knew that seeing the Messiah would mean uh, that his days were numbered. It was an indication that he would soon die. You know what he did? He continued looking. He kept looking. And there's one more thing in the text. I mean, I, I just love this. The Holy Spirit was on him. He was so close to God that he had the Holy Spirit on him. And he was able to be led by the Holy Spirit. I think you and I, we take this for granted as followers of Jesus. We do. Because we have the privilege of being sealed with the Holy Spirit. Jesus promised the Holy Spirit to all of his followers. But at this point in time, the Holy Spirit hadn't been promised. The Holy Spirit came and went as God chose. I mean, we see that in the Old Testament, right? I mean, we see uh, the Holy Spirit was upon King Saul. And then we read in uh, 1 Samuel chapter 16 that the Holy Spirit left him because he just, you know, fell away from God. He was not following God. And we see that uh, the Holy Spirit was upon King David. And we read in Psalm 51, 11, David, David pleads with God. He says, please, God, don't take your Holy Spirit from me. So Simeon is actually living in a time when the Holy Spirit would come and go. And what we see is that the Holy Spirit was on him. That's a big deal. That's a big deal. That's a sign of a man who's, who's faithfully following God. Uh, you know, we don't, we don't see the promise of the Holy Spirit forever until John chapter 14. We read this. If you love me, Jesus is saying, if you love me, you're going to keep my commands and I will ask the Father and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever. The Holy Spirit is a counselor. And Jesus promises that when he ascends into heaven in the, the Gospels, we see that he ascends into heaven, then he sends the Holy Spirit who who counsels. And we see the Holy Spirit counseling Simeon. I mean, uh, you know, Simeon, he was keeping God's commands. That's exactly what he was doing. And, and he was living this good life. And, and he was full of peace, not anxiety. You know, somebody who knew that they were going to see a baby and it would bring their, their death, like they would, some of us would, we don't see any anxiety in this guy at all, do we? You know what we see? We see a, a huge measure of peace. And if you're taking notes, I'd love it if you'd write this down. Peace actually comes from living the life that you were created to live. Like when you and I are living the life that God gave to us and created for us, the way we were created to live it, we have an abundant amount of peace. You know, we were created by God for God. Like he gave us these lives to live and we get to live and enjoy them with him. You know, we exist to glorify God. We exist to point others to God so that they can do the same. These are the lives that we were given. This is how we were designed to use them. And God, God grows so many good things inside the lives of his faithful followers. 
Uh, you know, and I think, when I think about peace, I mean, it's just one of the things that he gives us. And, and it's actually, in scripture, we see peace is called a fruit of the spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Like these are all things that bubble up in our lives when we're faithfully following God. Scripture calls that the fruit of the Spirit. Like God is growing things in us as we walk closely with Him. Peace is just one of the many benefits of following God every day. You know, people who try finding peace through their purchases, people who try to find peace through their impulses or misplaced priorities, uh, they actually end up more empty and anxious than ever before. Maybe that's you. I just want to encourage you by saying this. If, if you lack peace, just take some time this week. Read and reread these two verses. Luke chapter 2 verses 25 and 26. Spend some time in prayer asking God, what's missing from my life that would actually provide peace? Because chances are, if you lack peace, the things that you're currently doing in your life simply aren't working. You know, Simeon, he was living a life that uh, he was created to live. And here's, here's what was working for him. All six of these things, you know, righteousness, devout, he's looking forward, uh, you know, he's optimistic, he's patient, and he was being led by the Holy Spirit. There are so many benefits from following Jesus. Boundless peace is just one piece. Uh, look at verses 27 and 28. Guided by the Spirit, Simeon entered the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to perform for him what was customary under the law, Simeon took him up in his arms, praised God, and he said, Merry Christmas! No, he didn't say that at all. Get that off the screen. That's nonsense. Although Simeon did have the Christmas spirit, right? Because Christ is what Christmas is all about. Uh, you know, and I got to tell you, this is so good. Because the Holy Spirit was on him, the Holy Spirit was able to lead him. Notice that it wasn't chatter from the crowd. It wasn't a text message, a phone call, or an email, which were impossible for the time. But none of those things told him to go to the temple. He was so close to God. He was so close to God and faithfully following God that he was able to be prompted by the Holy Spirit. He could hear, and I don't mean audible voices, he just, he just went. The Holy Spirit prompted him. And, and he went to the temple at that exact moment. We call this a divine appointment. Do you know what a divine appointment is? You know, the first time I heard somebody say it's a divine appointment, I wondered, who died? Did somebody meet Jesus? I'm like, what is that? And they said, no. Divine appointments are just meetups designed by God. God's setting up these meetings throughout our lives. And, and when we show up, like people are encouraged. People are blessed. Simeon is prompted by the Holy Spirit to go to the temple. And even though followers of Jesus are sealed with the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit is not coming and going, I don't know if you know this, but you and I can actually quench the Holy Spirit in our life. The way that I live is an indicator of how well I will hear his voice. And, and it's not because God can't get loud. He doesn't lack the ability to, to get my attention. When, when God is saying something to me and I cannot hear him, it's actually because I've pulled my attention away. And the same is true for you. But Simeon can hear God. Like he's prompted by the Holy Spirit. He's heading to the temple and that's where Jesus and his parents are heading because they're doing everything that was customary under the law. On the eighth day he was circumcised and now they're bringing him to the temple 
to be dedicated. And Simeon, I know he sees them. I wonder just the emotion and the joy and even the peace that are just washing over him. And he walks up to this couple. I mean, who takes somebody's baby? And he just walks up to this couple and he took this baby into his arms. Can, no, not like that. Turn that off. Stop that. You know, <laughs> the Lion King theme. I mean, every man who's ever held a baby has wanted to do that. Like, we do that. That's what we do. Um, and I know we're being a little silly here, but I don't know if you've, you've ever looked up the lyrics of the opening song there, the circle of life. Uh, the, the words that you just heard, here's, here's what they're saying if we translate the Zulu to English. Here comes a lion. Here comes a lion. Oh yes, it's a lion. Here comes a lion. Oh yes, it's a lion. We are going to conquer. I mean, I mean, could it be more appropriate? Because the lion has stepped on the scene. I mean, uh, we've spent a lot of time in the book of Revelation the past several months here at Valley Church. You might remember this verse from Revelation chapter 5. We do not weep. Look, the lion from the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has conquered. Like, Simeon knows that the one he is holding is the Messiah, the Savior. He's a lion. He's a conqueror. The lion is on the scene, but he enters the world like a lamb, a baby. Could he be more vulnerable, uh, humble, taking on our flesh, taking on flesh in weakness, setting aside all of his royal privilege to be the sacrificing servant? Everything Simeon had been waiting on, it was being set in motion right there in his arms. Here's what Simeon said as he was holding baby Jesus. Here's what he said. Now, now, master, you can dismiss your servant in peace as you promised. For my eyes have seen your salvation. You, you have prepared it in the presence of all peoples. A light for revelation to the Gentiles and glory to your people Israel. Like peace. Like Simeon's like, uh, I have peace and I'm at peace. He's like, I'm ready. I'm ready to go. And, and when you are confident and excited about your destination like this, peace, the peace that he's referring to just frees you. There's no anxiety. There's no worry. Like he's fully content you know, we are seeing the satisfaction of somebody who has lived a good life, such a good life, and he is ready for whatever life throws at him, even death. He says, my eyes have seen. I mean, I can't imagine what it would be like for him to see Jesus. I mean, uh, while some of us would be anxious knowing this was the catalyst for uh, our death, like he sees Jesus as the last and only lifeboat on a sinking ship. He's like, this world needs you. This world needs rescue. And, and notice this, it is you who have prepared it. It is your salvation. God, I have seen your salvation. It's not my salvation. It's nothing that I did. It's nothing that Israel did. This is yours. It's not even something we could do if we tried. You and I, we need this. Uh, the world needs this. 
And, and he's saying, God, you did this, not me. You did this. Uh, this is so good. This is the gospel in action. Our sin, like our sin broke our relationship with God. God was rejected and yet it was God who initiated the rescue. And it's happening all right here. And I love this. You should circle this, underline this in your Bible. All peoples, all peoples. It's such a good thing to see the word all peoples in this passage. It, it says all peoples. Uh, that means and clarifies that this gospel, this salvation, this gift is for everybody. You know, when we read our Bibles, we, we see so many different people. Uh, we see so many different places. We see nations and territories, locations. But we really only see two types of people. All throughout Scripture, there's really only two types of people. Number one, we see the Jews. And number two, everybody else. So when we see all people, it doesn't mean Simeon, all of your people. It literally means all people. Salvation has been prepared. Look back at our verse. It has been prepared and, and, and presented to everybody, to, to Gentiles and to Jews. It's good news for Gentiles and it's good news and glory for everybody else. Simeon was declaring that the baby that he was holding is going to break down spiritual barriers that had previously separated Jews and Gentiles. And this salvation is coming through Israel. Uh, not by Israel, but through Israel. That's the glory, right? I mean, we all uh, experience salvation in the same way, but for the Jews, they were kind of like, yeah, but he's our guy, right? You know, there's this new, uh, there's this new like uh, trend on social media where some guy is just walking up to random people and saying, hey, who's the most famous person in your contacts? And then people will pull out their cell phone and say who it is. And then he asks them if they'll call so that we can hear the voice to see if that's really the person who's in their phone. They're kind of like, yeah, I know this person. I'm kind of a big deal because they're a big deal. Or, or maybe, uh, you know, it's, it's somebody from your hometown. You know somebody who is an Olympian or a professional athlete. They're from your hometown. Maybe you went to school with them. Or, or maybe somebody from your high school who uh, is, a, is a famous actor now. Like your whole town celebrates because that person's success kind of shines a light on on that town and those people and I'm telling you it's sort of like that but it's so much better the good news is for all people and here's what you and I know like people are messy like I've met far too many people who think that they're far too messy for the forgiveness that Jesus offers and and one thing that's so clear throughout the gospels throughout scripture is that Jesus, he walks toward the mess. So I want you to know that if you feel too messy or you feel too messed up, Jesus sees you. Jesus, he loves you. No matter how messy your past or your present is, God loves you. And he provides Jesus as a sacrifice for you. Jesus says, I am the sacrifice for you. So we all get to come to God messy. But he loves us too much to keep us that way. I'm telling you, this world would be so different. In fact, people would be flocking to the church if followers of Jesus could just see people the way Jesus sees people. If we could just treat people the way Jesus treated people. No person is out of bounds when it comes to love and compassion and the gift of the good news, the gift of salvation. Salvation's free. 
Uh, for those of you who are following Jesus, it was free for you and it's free for us to give to everybody. Let's not hold on to that. So Mary and Joseph, I mean, they're, they're listening to Simeon praise God for the fulfilled promise in his life. I mean, he's not dying yet, but the prophecy is unfolding right before their eyes. He sees the Christ child. He sees Jesus. And he knows this is the catalyst for his departure and, and for the anticipation and celebration that he is having over Jesus. I mean, he's, he's declaring promises that are going to be fulfilled, not just in his life, but fulfilled in the world. And Mary and Joseph are, are listening. And, and his father and mother, they were amazed. You know, I love this sentence because like, so many like amazing things have already happened in Mary's life and in Joseph's life. I mean, from seeing and hearing and, and experiencing and, and messengers coming and shepherds talking. And I mean, like, and they're still amazed. I love it. It's more awe and wonder. Like Mary, Mary knew so much and yet she's still amazed here in the moment. They're amazed at what was being said about Jesus. So much confirmation. Then Simeon blessed them. I love this. He pulls the couple aside and he blesses them. And I don't really know what the blessing is. It doesn't say it in the text, but uh, it's probably a priestly blessing over the family. But he, he blesses them as a couple. Then he pulls Mary aside and, and he, he prophesies. He exhorts uh, he, he, he shares powerful words and, and words that are just hope-filled declarations. I mean, Mary has been collecting these things uh, in her heart. She's been treasuring and storing them up. And Mary needed to know these things, you know, a, along with so many other great things that she's excited about. What he's saying is, you know, being the mother of the Messiah is actually, uh, it's going to be a burden. Uh, in addition to all of the joy, it's going to be a burden to bear. And I don't see any human throughout Scripture who agonizes over Jesus as much as his mother does. And that's just how this passage ends. These 11 verses, uh, this is the first time and the last time that we see Simeon. And, uh, you know, we are kind of left hanging, wondering you know, what Mary's feeling, what she's thinking, how she's receiving this blessing and exhortation. Don't get me wrong. I mean, when, when he was saying uh, what he was saying, it was inspiring. Uh, it encouraged them to live with more wonder and excitement. They were still amazed. But there's an incredibly heavy burden on Mary that would spin a lot of us out. And, and some of us are actually dealing with heavy news right now right? I mean, uh, you know, maybe we're walking through life without peace. Uh, we, we can't find peace. Uh, trying to figure out where does our peace come from? When we have it, we can't even figure out why we have it. How do we find peace? How do we find peace like Simeon when it feels like our life is actually in pieces? Here's, here's something, and this is really important. Peace is connected to proximity. The peace that you and I have is connected to how close you and I are to Jesus. Peace comes from God. That's it. Peace comes from God. And if our proximity is, is like, if he's distant and it's not because he moved, it's because I moved, I'm not going to have peace. You know, when we find peace in Jesus, which is the only place to find peace, the burden is lifted. Look at Romans chapter 5 verse 1. Therefore, 
since we have been justified by faith. Let me tell you real quick, justified by faith. That means like everything that we have been guilty of has been forgiven because of faith. You know, therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus, he steps in and he pays the debt. He takes on the burden of what we owe to our heavenly father, to father God. It's, it's that, it's that which Jesus does, which brings peace to us. The fact that, that you and I can be justified, like that means our past can stay in our past, right? You know, Christ takes care of our past and then in the present we walk with God. When, when we live at peace with God, peace, it doesn't come from begging. Uh, it doesn't come from asking God to give us new circumstances. Peace actually comes from walking with God through our circumstances. And we see Simeon doing that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put up these six things that, that I mentioned earlier inside of uh, the first two verses we looked at today. You know, Simeon was righteous. Like he was pursuing right things, but not just righteous. He was devoted. He was a fully devoted follower of God. He was connected. He was steady. He was patient. He was patiently waiting for Jesus. He was optimistically looking for Jesus. And he was looking for Jesus constantly because he knew that the meeting of the Messiah was this promised moment from his heavenly father. And finally, he was led by the Holy Spirit. Like, this is a picture of a life well lived. If you want to experience peace, then we need to pursue righteousness. We need to be devoted in our relationship with Jesus. We need to be patient and optimistic when times are tough. When we're waiting on things, we need to look forward to things. And we need to be constantly looking for Jesus. I mean, I've been following Jesus for many, many years. And I mean, every morning I wake up, I got to pick up my cross and follow him. But I can't follow him if I can't see him. I got to look for him. And when these things are happening in our life, like it's then that we, we hear the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit prompts us. Because otherwise, if we're not doing any of these things, like our attention and our ears aren't moving or pointing in a direction where we can hear anything and be led anywhere. Peace comes from living like this. It doesn't, it doesn't matter if your days are easy or your life is hard. This is where our peace comes from. And I'll tell you this, uh, when people who are not yet following Jesus see you lean and depend on Jesus when life is good, and they see how faithfully you follow Jesus when life is not, you are communicating to a lost and hurting world how good your God is. And that's where our peace comes from. Walking with God. There are so many benefits from living the life that you were created to live. And, and peace is only a peace. Look at this verse. We're going to close with this. Colossians chapter 3 verse 15. And, and this is my prayer for you. This is my encouragement to you. Let the peace of Christ to which you were also called to one body rule in your hearts and be thankful. Let the peace of Christ rule in your heart. And if you don't have the peace of Christ, I encourage you right now, right where you are, just say, Jesus, I need you. I admit I'm a sinner. I believe that you are alive and defeated sin and death. And I'm committing my life to you right now. Today can be the first day that you take a step in the direction of living the life that you were created to live as you pursue Jesus. 
Today can be the very first day that you take a step with God. And that's not only a step toward God and with God, that's a step towards having peace in your life, the most important peace, a peace that comes from a relationship with Jesus and faithfully following God. Let me pray for you. God, I'm so thankful for today. I'm thankful for the ministry of Valley Church, the message from your word, and for the people who uh, put their ears on this today. And Lord, for anyone who gave their life to Christ today, we rejoice and celebrate. Uh, and uh, I'm so thankful that, uh, that you have brought them and their ears to hear the good news. And for us who have been following you, God, give us the courage to go share the peace, love, and joy of Jesus with a, a world that is in desperate need. Uh, we pray these things in Christ's name. Amen and amen. Hey, thank you so much for joining us. I love that you, uh, you clicked in today. I hope uh, there was a lot of encouragement in here, and I hope this encouragement leads to a deeper, boundless measure of peace in your life. Love you.